Let's give Brother Davis a hand. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Let's give the Lord a good hand clap today. Praise God. You're worthy, Jesus. You're worthy, Jesus. You're worthy, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And everyone said in Jesus' name. I count it a great honor to be invited to this pulpit and uh, appreciate the confidence that's been placed in me. I certainly hope I don't let anybody down in preaching the word of the Lord today. There's a fire burning in my soul. And uh, these good men of God that have preached before uh, this morning service has just been just been wonderful. And appreciate the good word of the Lord. And, and uh, as you begin to progress in years, uh, you develop what we call sometimes disease. And so if I start naming names and subjects and all, I'm going to miss some. And it's good to have a great number of friends that are here and meeting new friends as the years roll on. And I appreciate that so very, very much. appreciate these two brethren on the front pew that are from our church that left church Wednesday night and drove straight through to be here last night and are here to be an amen corner for me. So if nobody else says amen, I know these two brethren will. And uh, also brother and sister Pedroso are down with their family uh, to be a part of this conference. So we're just happy to be here today. How many are going to open your heart to the word of the Lord? Amen. Praise God. Have some tremendous preaching to follow. And uh, I just pray that somehow that I could leave a little bit that would be a blessing to this conference. Praise God. Praise God. There's an explosive spirit here today. Amen. Praise God. I would like to go to the book of Psalm 69, the 69th Psalm. Amen. I hope it doesn't bother you that I have notes. I bring them just in case I might use them. Praise God. Praise the Lord. He's my everything. Is He yours? Praise God. I, uh, I'm not coming with something profound today. Uh, perhaps maybe uh, it will dovetail in with everything we've heard. It's kind of hard to come to a conference and get in the vein that the Lord is wanting us to get in and not overlap a bunch. And it's amazing how that God can allow that to happen. And so uh, I'm not intimidated by that. I've just come to perhaps maybe sing three-part harmony with what's already been sung. Psalm 69, verses 8 and 9. I'm also going to read out of John 2 and Jeremiah 20. Amen. We're going to preach some Bible today. I am become a stranger unto my brethren, and an alien unto my mother's children. For the zeal of thine house hath eaten me up, and the reproaches of them that reproach thee are fallen upon me. John chapter 2. They attributed the same thing to Jesus. And without going into the lengthy passage there to be able to, to pick up the flavor of that chapter, I want to lift verse 17 out of chapter 2 of the book of John. And his disciples remembered, this was after he cleansed the temple, after he kicked tables over, after coins rattled across the cobblestones of that temple. His disciples remembered that it was written, The zeal of thine house hath eaten me up. Jeremiah 20. Chapter 20 of the book of Jeremiah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Let me just say this while you're turning there. That's an Old Testament book, you know, and it takes some folks a while to find it. Uh... If we start getting around close to you, the best way to let me know that I'm not hitting you is just to shout. Amen. That is the word, isn't it? You probably won't fool me, but you might fool a bunch of folks you're trying to impress. So, just... Amen. Chapter 20, verse number 7 of the book of Jeremiah. O Lord, thou hast deceived me, and I was deceived. 
Thou art stronger than I, and hast prevailed. I am in derision daily, every one mocketh me. For since I spake, I cried out, I cried violence and spoil, because the word of the Lord was made a reproach unto me, and a derision daily. Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in my heart as a burning fire, shut up in my bones, and I was weary with forbearing, and I could not stay. I like to kind of put all that in a blender and give you a little ti- little title. It's the proverbial nail to hang your brain on for a while to let us know where we're going. If the Lord would help me, I want to preach on this little subject today. Possessed with the purpose. Possessed with the purpose. Would you lift your hands and let's ask the Lord to bless the reading of His Word to our heart. Jesus, we don't want to just hear the words of a mortal preacher, but I pray, God, that you would anoint your word today. Anoint my mind and my voice and anoint the ears of this people today. God, that we could hear the voice of the Holy Ghost. That's what we pray for this morning. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, give us hearts and ears to receive the good word of the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's everyone lift our hands and let's glorify the Lord together. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Let's give the Lord a good hand clap. The Bible said, clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you today. We thank you this day, O Lord. Thank you for the victory you're going to give us today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Praise God. Shake hands with your neighbor this morning and tell them, I want to be possessed with the purpose. And you may be seated. Amen. I thought about what Brother Howard was speaking of last night, and and the same thing had been cooking over in my little brain for the last few weeks. It made me wonder why that some people can come to the altar and receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and then others come and receive the same experience, and then within just a matter of a few days, months, or maybe a couple of years, then they're back out the door where they were before. And that often, that often challenged my mind, and I thought, how in the world could this be? There have been many times that my wife and I, as we uh, try to, in good weather times, to, to walk a couple of miles, and uh, as we do that, we fellowship and talk about the Word of the Lord. And, and uh, I mentioned to her this statement, and it has been my life's motto ever since I received the Holy Ghost at, at, as a boy of eight years of age. Uh, I, I don't have anything else that, that attempts to tempt me at anything. I love God. I don't, I'm not looking for a U-turn in the road of life. I'm not hunting for an exit door. I love this Jesus name, One God Apostolic Message. Amen. Somebody would ask me the question, what would you be if you weren't apostolic? I'd be ashamed. Amen. I love this apostolic message. I love to preach this apostolic message. I love to live this apostolic message. Amen. And I have, I have come to find out that the reason why, and I'm going to get into this as we go into the Word of the Lord, that some people can come to the altar and receive a blessing and then lay it down or hang it up in the closet and come back, is simply because they've never been possessed with this. It's never really got a hold of them. Amen. And uh, I remember as I was growing older and I have tried to uh, put the same philosophy on my boy. My boy graduated from high school last year and and uh, decided that he wanted to, to purchase the car that I have. And I could have given him the car. It's paid for. But I decided that the best thing I could do is to work out a deal to where he could pay for it. 
Amen. And I gave him a good deal on it, and part of it was a graduation gift, and I could have given it all, but I realized what happened to me when I was a boy. I remember when I got out of college, or got out of school, and decided that I wanted to uh, purchase an automobile and, and wanted to buy the one from my dad. He could have given me that one also, but he also charged me for it. And while all the other boys were getting cars for graduation gifts, and, and uh, they'd go down the strip, and they'd burn tires and, and throw rods in their engine, I was always a washing mine and, and uh, taking real good care of it because I had some investment in it. I am convinced that's the reason why some people are the way that they are flippant about this good Jesus name message is because they have never made an investment in it. I believe if we're going to have end time Holy Ghost revival in the year 2000 and beyond, we have got to make an investment in this thing. We have got to lay ourselves on the altar and say, Jesus, I am no longer my own, but I am yours. Come on now. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. I remember when my wife and I first married and decided that we was going to uh, go in the ministry and be full-time in the ministry and uh, assisted my dad for some time. The first several years of our marriage, we were in the government projects and the apartment complex. And and, uh, and and we had some pride about it. It doesn't matter if you live in one of those things. Just make sure that you don't trash it. I'm not, I, I forgot. I, I forgot I'm not at home today. Excuse me about all of that. Reason why they do is because, and right people do, and it does not matter. It really doesn't matter the kind of job they have or don't have. It's because they do not have an investment in that rental property. When it's your house, you care if the roof leaks. And when it's yours and you've been putting hard-earned money in it, you do care what the carpet looks like. Amen. Something's got to get a hold of us in these last days of time. It does matter what kind of church we have. We've got to have good church every time we come to the house of God. Hallelujah. It ought to make a difference to you. It ought to make every bit of difference in the world to you on what kind of church we have. People can walk in and walk out and be real flippant about the service because they have not put anything into it. But if you ever put your blood in it, if you ever put your sweat in it, if you ever learn to sacrifice about it, then you're going to take your religion out of the closet and parade it in front of the devil's face. Hallelujah. Praise God. Give the Lord a good hand clap today. Jesus, help us to hurry. Praise God. Amen. I call it the zeal of the house of the Lord. you got to get ate up with this thing. We're talking about revival, and in this revival conference, we want to know the main key. We don't need a new message. We don't need to compromise the one we've held all these years. What we need to do is get ate up with this message. It ought to be from the top of our head to the sole of our feet. It's still Jesus' name, baptism, or hell. It's still holiness, or hell. It's still Holy Ghost, or hell. Amen. Praise God. And the Trinitarians are not my brothers. That will never change. Amen. But you got to get it from the top of your head to the sole of your feet. We're not in here to try to impress the world. We're not here to try to make friends and impress people. We're here to build a church. We're here to stand for the message. you got to get ate up with it. Amen. God bless you. you. May be seated. Something has to happen to you. It's got to be more than a passive pain. It's got to be more than a part-time proposition. It's got to be a full-time belief that when I wake up in the morning, I got Jesus on my mind. And when you see me walking, I've got him on my mind. And when you see me praising, I've got him on my mind. Woo. Hallelujah. Praise God. I wonder about people that just can't get with it. Like a brother told me about one of our organizational officials one time. Said he got so excited and felt the presence of the Lord that he ran back in his office and shut the door and shouted, You better get your religion out of the closet, baby. Somebody needs to see you shout. Amen. You want your boy to live for God? Come on, Daddy. Show him how to run the aisle. 
You want your daughter to be a worshiper? Come on, mama, show them how to do it. You got to get ate up with this thing. It's got to eat you from the top of your head to the sole of your feet. Don't tell me it's the will of God to have dead church. That's a lie from hell. Amen. Praise God. You got to do something. Look over at your neighbor and say, I got to do something. I got to do something. Praise God. When service gets a little dead, I got to do something. Hallelujah. When the revival's not happening at church, I got to do something. It's not the will of God to go week after week after week after week and nobody get the Holy Ghost and nobody be baptized in Jesus' name. You can blame it on everything else, but I call it, you're not ate up with it. I go to bed thinking about revival. I get up thinking about revival. And I walk through the day thinking about revival. What else can we do to reach our city? What else can we do to live for God and please God? That's what ought to be our our waking and our, our sleeping moments all the time. God, I want to do your will. Amen. Praise God. But a lot of folks remind me of this little old guy. He wasn't much for stirring about. It wasn't his desire. No matter what others did, he was sitting by the fire. Same old story, day by day, he never seemed to tire. While others worked to build their church, he was sitting by the fire. At last he died, as all must do, they say he went up higher. But if he's doing what he always done, he's sitting by the fire. Amen. Don't tell me you want good church if you don't participate. Don't tell me that you want revival if you don't have any desire to help forward the cause of God. Oh, hallelujah. Give the Lord a good hand clap if you want to be a part of God's church and God's revival. Hallelujah. There is so much running through my mind, and I'm sorry if I seemed a little scattered here this morning. Amen. But I've been preaching this for days. Hallelujah. Amen. And the longer I chew it, the bigger it gets, and the better it tastes. And I'm about half drunk with it today. I want to look at David just for a little while as he began to write the 69th Psalm. He made the statement, he said, I am become a stranger to my mother's children, an alien. And, uh, and it always seems to be that way. Anyone that's ate up with this thing, it's always a little weird. I've always found out that in the Scripture that if the, if the prophet was popular, he was a false prophet. I've already made up my mind, I can't please everybody. So I'm not even going to try. Some of you got to get that in your mind too. You can't please everybody. You just got to do the will of God. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. The way that you are, that you are not criticized is just say nothing, do nothing, and be nothing. But any time that you ever want to aspire to do anything for God, people are going to reach and try to pull you back down again. I refuse to get caught in the quagmire of the way it's always been. I don't care what anybody says in my heart. I know these are the times of revival. The greatest days of the church are yet to be written. The greatest miracle is yet to be had. The greatest revival is yet to be poured out. Said you're dreaming, preacher. No, if I'm dreaming, don't wake me up. But I'm telling you, I'm looking forward every day. I've heard too many promises. I've read too much of the Word of God. I've had too many dreams to sit back in the corner and suck my thumb and wait for Jesus to come back. Oh, it's time to get out in the highways and the byways and do something for God. Amen. You may be seated. Everyone that ever did anything for God was always considered a little weird. You look at David. David was misunderstood. He was misrepresented. He was not, he was lied about and talked about. Matter of fact, when it came time, when Samuel came by to pour the anointing oil, uh, horn of oil upon the head of David, his daddy didn't even call him from the field. And everything David wanted to do, it was always used against him. His daddy didn't care much for him. His brethren misinterpreted him. And then when he got to looking for a relationship, amen, his wife lied on him. Michael lied on him. Misaligned him, made him look like he was a murderer. So he didn't have a relationship with his dad, so he tried to fight it in Saul, and that soured on him. He was anointed with oil and it just seemed that it got worse. Instead of people shouting and chanting about the glorious things he had done, he was misunderstood. He was a little weird. 
If you got a pastor that's here today and he is not popular in his circles, you better count you as a blessed congregation. Amen. They may lay around and wail a lot. They may cry a lot. They may act like a, they may go berserk sometimes behind the pulpit. But if they're preaching the word of God and people are getting the Holy Ghost and the spirit of revivals in the church, you better thank God you got a weird preacher. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. His dad sent him out into the field. He said, son, I want you to go check on the boys. You know, they're down there playing army. And they're always talking about the battle and they're talking about all of this thing. You know, you know that's, that's the way it is. You know, they got all their organizational charts. They got all their slick flyers. You know, this is the way you're going to have revival. You don't have revival sitting around talking about it, dreaming about it, trying to emulate the assemblies of God or the charismatics. The assemblies of God and the charismatic don't know how to have revival. I believe it was Brother Howard who said it last night, and I have screamed this for years. They don't serve the same God I do. My Jesus is not the second person in a mythical trinity. If he's not the I Almighty, if he's not the great I Am, if he's not the first and the last, it's another Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Some of you chewing on that a little while. I'll just preach a little bit longer on that today. Oh. Jesus is God incarnate. Hallelujah. He's Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. He is my soon and coming King. Yes, yes, yes. That's my Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Everybody said in Jesus' name. So they're all sitting over there and they're looking at the charts and they're talking about all these things and the giant's still over there hurling his accusations. Still over there cursing the armies of God. Still all day. And they're trying to think about a diplomatic solution. Trying to make some kind of truce. I don't know what they're thinking about. And David comes in. All he has is an anointing. All he has is faith and courage. He is a little weird. Everybody else is running into their tent. But somebody's ate up with this thing. It's not just a battle. And it's not just getting your taxes relieved. The kingdom's got to go on. I got to drill that in there. That was what was pushing him. When you get the anointing on you, it does not matter what happens to your flesh. It does not matter what happens to your family. It does not matter what happens to those around you. The kingdom's got to go on. The work of God has got to flourish. And anything that stands between me and my eternal purpose, anything that stands between me and the will of God, it's got to go. Hallelujah. Because that anointing on top of his head told him that one day, one day you're going to be king. And this is, this is not just, this is not just a church you go to, you know, and when they have problems, we'll just go transfer and check out and go somewhere else. All churches are going to have problems. All churches are going to have bad situations to come up. That's not the time to check out and go find something else. That's the time to find you an altar and get ate up with this thing and stand with your man of God. I'm preaching to the saints right now. Stand with your man of God and say, Devil, I dare you to touch my man of God. I dare you to touch these young people. I dare you to touch my family. Hallelujah. It's not just it's not just a church, it's my church. That's not just a man of God, that's my man of God. That's not just a good revival. That's my revival. It's my city. It's my promise. Amen. You may be seated. So you got to make up your mind. you got to make up your mind whose side you're on. you got to make up your mind what you're going to do. It's kind of like that man that was on a little flight. And he was going from one place to another. And they had uh, decided they was going to give a meal. And so the stewardess came by. She asked the gentleman. She said, uh, uh, what would, you, would, would you care for an in-flight meal? And he said, what are my choices? And she looked back at him. She said, yes or no. <laughs> yeah. There are no gray areas in this. It's either in or out. It's either black or white. It's either 
business. It's either have revival or close the door. You got to, oh God, I want to hit this. You, you got to look at it as a do or die proposition. It's not an option to have revival. We've got to have revival. It's not an option just to have good church tonight. It's the will of God. It's, it's a destiny. We've got to have good church today. Somebody's life's going to be touched. Somebody's going to be challenged. Somebody's going to be reached. David looked back at his brethren and they got to looking at him. They got to murmuring and complaining. You know, he is a little weird. He is a little strange. It seemed like he's always dancing. Nobody else dancing. What's he got to dance about? He loves his God. He's not dancing because he feels good. He's dancing because he knows God. Let me dance around a little bit and I'll come right back to this. When they looked at him and he said, and he looked at them and said, Is there not a cause? That's what's got to eat us up. It's not, he's bigger than we are, you know, it is pretty bad, you know, and I don't know if we're going to be able to handle this or not. No, 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 get your eyes off of Goliath and get your eyes on the promise. Maybe I'm talking to some preachers here today. The devil's told you you can't have revival in your city. The devil's told you that, that the days of revival in your life are over. I've come to tell you that the devil is a double-barrel liar. Hallelujah. But some folks go around saying the days of revival are over. Other people say the days of revival are not over and we're still in the middle of them. Which one's right? Both of you are right. Because as you believe it, that's what it'll be. If you believe they're over, baby, they're over for you. Mm. But every time I walk to the pulpit of Truth Tabernacle in Wheelersburg, I'm looking for revival. Uh, every time you walk in the doors of your church, you ought to be looking for revival. I wonder what God's going to do tonight. Say, what's got into your head? I made up with this. Holiness preaching takes on a whole new perspective when you're ate up with the kingdom. Compromise is not an option. This is not just a revival conference. It also has holiness in it too, doesn't it? Now, I know a lot of you probably came and had a preconceived idea of what I was going to say, but you know, it's, I just, I'm sorry. But I'm going to tell you what, I am tired of backing up. There ain't no backup in me. Matter of fact, I haven't ever backed up. I'm getting tired of people wanting me to back up. There's a, there's a host of preachers here tonight. The devil's shoving on you, shoving on you, and shoving on you. And I just planted my feet real good and said, I ain't going nowhere. I have never fought the spirit of hell as much as I fought the last 12 months. There's all kind of crazy little things go floating through my little brain. And the devil tells all kind of things. But I made up my mind long time ago. God, I don't care what comes. I'm here for the long haul. I came because you promised me revival. And I'm not going to give up on it. There's a cause. There's a cause. There's a cause. There's a cause. It's more than just thumping a bass and shouting and kicking your foot shoe off for a few minutes. There's a devil to win over. There's a victory to have. Amen. Praise God. There's just so much, so much, so much that comes against the church. Amen. Even among, and I, I look around, and, and, and we, have our, we have our reasons why we, we, we soft-soap things. It's kind of like that congressman one time, that he was asked about his attitude toward whiskey. He said, if you mean that demon drink that poisons the mind and pollutes the body and desecrates family life and inflames sinners, then I'm against it. But if you mean that elixir of Christmas cheer, the shield against winter chill, the taxable potion that puts needed funds in the public coffers, and uh, to comfort little crippled children, then I'm for it. This is my position, and I will not compromise. <laughs> if you're talking about that Hollywood video where perverts parade around there, then I'm against it. But I hear the same answer. But if it's a general conference, and if it's some nice big wig preacher on video, then I'm for it, you double-barrel hypocrite! 
Video is a sin. Video is a sin. Television is a sin. Don't tell me you got the Holy Ghost and watch television. You're a liar. Anybody watch television is a liar and a hypocrite. Hallelujah. Why is it that I feel a little rift in a holiness conference like this? Because the devil's trying to get in the back door. I don't need a television. I don't need a video. We don't need jewelry. Our ladies don't need makeup. Some people are so double-minded. Be seated. Some people are so double-minded when you look at them and say, What's your favorite color? They say, Plaid. <laughs> Make up your mind. If you come into a holiness conference, then get ready for it, baby. We're going to preach against all the sins that keep the church in limbo. We don't need our women looking like pussies and our boys looking and dressing like queers. they are, and I don't care who their mama or daddy is. Do I preach this at home? You better be glad. I'd stand some of you up if they was in my place. I'm not being ugly right here, but I've seen some low necklines in here. You better go take them up. I can't understand why mama and daddy would let some of these girls out of the house looking like a harlot like that. But you hear me now. God didn't raise up a church to look like the world. Come out from among them and be separate. Be separate. Touch not the unclean thing. Hallelujah. Well, I'm on the clock, so I'm going to try to hurry. Get so sick of choir directors, men that have on yellow jackets, pink britches, and pull their socks up with a belt buckle. Get so tired of some of these musician women looking like harlots with a slit all the way up to eternity. They got no place in an apostolic church. Amen. I have to concur with Elder Steve McMullen on that. There's only two reasons why that a church has slits. Number one, the pastor's wife likes them. Or number two, the pastor likes them. I didn't say that, but I wished I'd have thought of it before he did it. I'd have coined it. You better thank God you've got men of God that don't permit that kind of junk walking up and down the aisle. This ain't a place where you come and pick you out a husband or a girlfriend. This is the house of God. Yeah. Shake hand with your neighbor and say, the truth is the truth. You're the reason why some folks, I, I, I feel there's a little rift here. There's several of you just sitting around. I wonder who he thinks he is. It don't really matter. I don't have to qualify that anyhow. I'm going to tell you, if you've been out of shape, it's because you ain't ate up with this. When I see a queer come in the church and try to dance, my blood starts boiling because he's in there trying to destroy what I've been standing for. I made up with this message. I know it makes me look a little weird. I know it makes people think I'm a little strange and a little odd. But there's one thing more important than opinion, and that's God's purpose. Hallelujah. 
Praise God. How much liberty do I have, brother? Somebody's got to preach it. These good men have got to preach it. But you know why I'm up here preaching it? To help enforce what they've stood for. Because the devil's trying to put it in the minds of some saints that our pastor, he's the only one in the world. Well, he's so weird. He's so he's so archaic and out of date. Our pastor, he's so far. No, there's a whole bunch of folks that hadn't bowed their knee to bail. They're not in here for a stuffed tithe envelope. They're not in here to try to see how much money they can cough up. They're here to do the will of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's worship the Lord together. I just shut the bubble. Hallelujah. This kind of preaching will set you free. When your pastor starts preaching on holiness issues, get out of your chair. Get off your duff and stand up and let the world know, I'm with my pastor. I'm with the man of God. Don't you let him sit there or stand there and preach and pull his guts out and make the world wonder whose side he's on. Stand up and let the world know, I'm with pastor. I'm with pastor. I'm with the church. I'm with the man of God. I'm with the word of God. You can be seated. It's kind of like that old brother that's going to church. He's faithful. Never missed, a, never missed a service. Always there early. He was deaf. He could not hear one syllable that the preacher was saying. Finally, a man walked up to him and said, Man, why do you go to church? Sit through the preaching. And you can't hear a word that he's saying. You can't comprehend a thing. Why do you come? He said, I want the devil and the world to know whose side I'm on. When you sit there when the man of God's drawing lines, it makes the devil know, Uh-huh, it looks like I got... You ain't ate up with this! But if we're going to have apostolic revival that's going to shake entire churches and bring us from our lethargy and bring us from our half-baked, lukewarm state, it's going to be because we got ate up with this. Prayer means a lot to us. Worship means everything to us. The Word of God and the freedom to express it means everything to me. Praise God. Praise God. I'm going to tell you, the preaching of the Word of God does a lot of things. Does a lot of things. Praise God. Somebody asked me one time, I said, what do you do when, when queers come and sit down? I just preach the Word of God. Don't take but a few services and they take, take their silk pillow and hit the door. Same thing will work on lesbians. Fornicators. Adulterers. Say, well, just give them a little time. Listen, they're going to have to make up their mind mighty quick. Either you're on God's side or you're on the devil's side. Your options are yes or no. I'm going to say this to our young men that are aspiring here. If God made you a young man, then be proud being a young man. Don't wiggle when you walk. Don't get you one of them queer, weird hairstyles. Now, I haven't ever preached here before, but one or two of you may have heard me say this statement before, but I'm going to say it anyhow because I feel like it. Amen. Now, if you got a, you guys say, well, I don't know what kind of animal this is right here. It's kind of strange looking. But, you know, he walks like a duck, talks like a duck, acts like a duck, hangs around with other ducks. You know, nine out of ten, you got your duck on your hand. If he looks like a queer... If he talks like a queer, if he hangs around with other queers, nine out of ten, you got your queer on your head. Come on, men, be a man, be a man. Don't let women push you around. I'm going to say this to the men. Be the leaders of worship in your house. Don't you let your wife out shout you. Don't you let your wife out pray you. Come on, quit being a sis and do the will of God. Go 
brother and shake hands with another brother and say, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm challenging you to be the leader of your home. You know what the devil told me? The devil told me people in Florida didn't like to hear this kind of preaching. And I told him he was a liar. Ohio told me you couldn't build a church preaching like that. Told me I'd be gone in six months to a year. I've been there 11 years and I've been building a church. The only thing I ran off was devil's queers and harlots. That's all I've ever run off. You know what I found out? That a person loves the will of God, you can't run them out. You can't preach too hard. You can't hold it too high. Somebody shout, yeah. So preach to me, preacher. You're not going to run me off. Come on, pastor. Get ate up with it. Come on, saint. Get ate up with it. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's talk about this worship and this shouting business. I'm going to say, well, you know, I just, uh, you know, that's just not my style. You're not ate up with it. When I went to our church up there, I'm going to tell you, well, this is, uh, there, there's, a lot, there, there's a lot of churches like this. You ask them to lift their hands and worship the Lord. I've been to Buckeye Lake Camp Meeting. It's on tape, isn't it? It's all right. Still true, isn't it? said, lift your hands and worship the Lord. I could just about imagine, brethren, with their hands up like this, you know, how, what, kind of, what kind of dance they're going to do they go. Look like some little ballerino boy. Tight leotards and all, afraid to breathe. If you're going to catch the wind, get your sails up! When the devil tells you to stay out of the aisle, tell him I made up with it. And whatever you tell me not to do, devil, that's what I'm going to do. If you tell me not to dance, I'm going to dance. If you tell me not to leap, I'm going to leap. If you tell me not to worship God, I'm going to worship God anyhow. Woo! I believe it's time to have revival. Take hands with your neighbor and say, I've got to be ate up with this. I'm possessed with the purpose. I'm possessed with the purpose. I'm possessed with the purpose. Jeremiah said, I tried to forbear. I tried to sit on my hands. You know, I really tried to behave myself. I really tried not to say all the things that was burning in my heart. But Brother Bass, something got up inside of him. And he said, after I said a little while, it was like a fire. Shut up in my bones. My, I wonder what would happen to the apostolic church if we got so possessed that we could not contain ourselves. That every sinner we saw, we was talking to him about God. Every time we had the opportunity to pray, we would pray through and talk in tongues. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and worship the Lord. Praise God. My scream is say, go on, David. Go on. <laughs> Your brother don't understand you. Your brother misalign you. Your brother misinterpret you and call you ambitious and power hungry. But if you ever get that oil on your head, if that purpose ever gets you and possesses you and drives you, it really doesn't matter what the brethren say. It don't even matter if mama don't even know what's going on. I'm possessed with the purpose. That giant is what's standing between us and victory. 
Nineveh-shapratama. I'm going to tell you what some of you are fighting in your local church. There's a giant standing up saying, uh-uh. Send me a man. Send me a man. And it's kept you all holed up. And it seemed like your altars have dried up. And your baptismal pool hadn't been stirred in a while. God needs somebody to jump up and say, I don't care how big he is. I don't care what kind of fight it is. I'm possessed. The kingdom has got to go on. The kingdom has got to go on. is a slingshot and five smooth stones, J-E-S-U-S. J-E-S-U-S. And I want the devil to know I don't care how tall he stunned, has stood all these years. Be seated. David's a weird dude. Found that out. Found that out. That every man of God, anyone who ever does anything for God is classified as weird by the majority. Weird, odd, strange. Misunderstood, misrepresented, misinterpreted. For those three little old maids do more trouble. Misunderstood. Misunderstood. Praise God. Everybody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Now give me time to take a breath and get some water. It's got to get a hold of us. It's something that drives us when the world and the brethren say, you had enough? How big you want your church to be anyhow? What do you want to do? Build a monument or a mosque? No. It has nothing to do with buildings. It has nothing to do with the amount of people. It has everything to do with the amount of people that are still lost. And if we had a building today and we could crowd in 3,000 apostolics in Ocala, and we could say, my, my, what a great crowd we have. But look at Ocala. It hasn't even been touched yet. Wheelersburg hasn't been touched. Florida, Ohio, Texas, Oklahoma has not yet been touched. enough to drive me, Brother Pixter. Until I wonder, God, what else can I do? Oh, preacher, I had one pastor's wife tell me one time, she said, Brother Davis, you're just too intense. You know, you need to lighten up. And I said, how can I do that? It's the work of God. I know they didn't understand me. I was a weird old dude in there wailing and carrying on. They didn't understand me. But the work of God's got to go on. You look at great men throughout the Scripture, and we go to the Lord, and we, we see Him in John chapter 2. He walked into the temple. He said, My Father's house shall be called a house of prayer. But you have made it a den of thieves. All the love that a God could muster up was able to put it into practice, and He took His sandal and He kicked the table off. Get out of my house! Somebody needs to have the fortitude to grab the Word of God. Get out of the house of God! You foul, lustful spirit! You foul spirit of unbelief! My Father's house is a house of revival. My Father's house is a house of praise and worship. And anything that keeps our house from being God's house has got to go! You see, because it all determines what happens. Jesus cleansed it and He said, My Father's house. But when you get over in the book of Luke, He said, Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. If you don't get possessed with His purpose, He'll give you His house to be yours. And he'll walk off. So I tell you, revival is not an option. But say, well, you know, we got enough now that we're self-supporting. You know, we don't. We know we paid off for church and all of this stuff, and you know, we don't really have to sacrifice much anymore. That is the most dangerous position a church can get into. We've got to have revival. I've laid on my face and God. 
we got to have revival. That's the heart cry of my heart. You may misunderstand me today, but God knows what I'm trying to put out here. I laid up with this thing. I can't understand it. It's a driving obsession of mine. You've got to see more of God. You've got to have more of God. Let's worship the Lord together. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Jesus' name. You look at the Apostle Paul, weird man, lonely man, not many friends, more enemies than friends. Running from one city to the other to preach the gospel. He even said in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Woe is me if I preach not the gospel. That's what gets inside of me, God. Woe is me. We can't have this. God, Lord, you put so much in me, Brother Bass. I've seen too much. I've heard too much. I've felt too much to be satisfied with so little. I'm not minimizing what we've seen in the past. I thank God for that. But that is our propelling to push us on to the next dimension. It's so easy to sit down on our hands and look around and compliment and congratulate ourselves about the buildings we've built and about the measure of revival we've received. But I've come to tell you, that's not the end of it all. That's only the burst. You've got to grow this thing. Paul said, woe is me if I preach not the gospel. And then the Bible said whenever he stood in the court and they began to ask him questions, Felix began to listen to him and he began to preach. His arms reached as far as the chains would allow them and they finally come to an end. Straightened out as far as they could and he clasped his hands together and began to preach about the hope of Israel. And the, and the old king looked back at him and said, Paul, much learning has made you mad. You're ate up with this. You're consumed. No, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I just know. That God has some great things. And if you ever taste it, Brother McKillop, you ever get in that third dimension that you're talking about and you see. Oh, God. Oh, brethren. You can count me as what you will. Those of you who sit today can think what you might. But I know there's greater things. I am so desperate. Can anyone agree with what I feel here? I'm so desperate. I'm tired of going to conferences where I get stirred emotionally and dance a jig and go home to live the same old life. I'm tired of preaching that's like cotton candy. It tastes good for the moment, but when it's over, I don't know if I've ate anything or not. There's a drawing. Whoa, it's me. Paul even said it after all the great things that he had done. The casting away and all of that in chapter 3 of the book of Philippians. He said, I've done this to win. I've given it. I've counted all as done that I might win Christ. And then he said, that I might know Him. That I might know Him. Who would say he hadn't done enough. Who had said that he hadn't wrote enough scriptures, started enough churches, suffered enough persecution, but still at the last leg of his journey said, I've got to know Him. There's he enough with it. He's stirred, he's propelled, he's pushed. I'm going to tell the church of 2000 something here today. If we want the revival that Paul had, and we want to shake our world like Paul did, we got to get ate up with this thing. It's got to push us. It's got to push us. It's got to propel us. i got to know him. I've got to know him. He said, the time my departure is at hand. I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. Henceforth is laid up for me. That's what it's all, is, all about, boys. I'm not here to see how big of a house I can build. How nice of a car I can drive, and I'm not bemeaning any of that. But that's not my purpose. My purpose is to see the kingdom go on. I wonder sometimes when, brethren, please forgive me, and I'm not trying to cast scourges of doubt here, but I, I wonder about the motive of some clergy that I meet.
who've lived in the basement of their church for years and struggled. Bless your heart, they've got to buy a new Cadillac every year to drive to meetings. I wonder about that. Nothing wrong with buying a new Cadillac if you can afford it. But what about the kingdom? I'm not mentioning for time or words. I just feel conviction getting on me. I want to know Him. <laughs> Brother McKillop, I don't even think I know Him. I talk to Him. I pray. Every day of my life, I pray until I touch Him. <laughs> I've got to a place, Brother Picture, I don't think I know Him well enough. <laughs> Till I've rolled on the bed even while I've been in Ocasio. Oh, God, I want to know you. And some folks can come to conferences like this and never pray the entire time they're here. Never open their scripture to read. Never worship God. You know, they're on vacation. I can't do that. I know this isn't conference preaching, but it's, it's needful. When Moses got to the end of his day, that chapter 34 of Deuteronomy, I finished that up last night reading it. He said his, his eye was not dim, nor his natural, his natural strength, his natural force was not abated. His eye was not dim. He was 120 years old. Even the final hours of the life of Moses, his burden was still driving him. It's the promised land that we left Egypt. Something has to get a hold of us like O Mary. The Bible says that when she got to the presence of the Lord and she, she had a box of spikenard and she broke that box. They said in, in there, there was, I believe it was Judas that made the statement, you could have sold this for 300 pence and given it to the poor. 300 pence is one man's yearly wage. How many years would it take a woman to accumulate that? Obviously, she was not married. Perhaps some folks feel that she was the one that was possessed of, of the devils. So she was not married. She was a woman of ill repute for many years. The only thing she had was an alabaster box of ointment. Where that when she passed from this life to the next, that her bearer would be a decent one. And that her body would not smell of decay. And they could pour this precious, expensive ointment on her body. But as she walked into the presence of Jesus Christ and broke that box... Everything that was in that box was gone forever. Could not recap it. Could not put it back. I found out that's what's wrong with some people that's in and out, up and down. Discouraged. Have to encourage them. Drag them along. They only pour enough of that expensive perfume out to anoint for just a little while and they keep the rest for himself. Pentecost needs to break the box. Because when it's broken, you can't pull it back. You can't claim none of it. It's gone forever. So the disciples stood around and Jesus gave some hard sayings in John 6. He didn't beg them to come back and follow Him. But He looked back at them, at His disciples, His fearless, loyal ones, and said, Will you go also? And they said, To whom shall we go? Oh, my brethren, I don't have nowhere else to go. He's been too good to me. He gave me the Holy Ghost when I was eight. I, I never tasted a cigarette. I don't know what alcohol is. I've, I, the only woman I've ever known is my wife. God's been good to me. No scars. And when I see some folks needlessly in and out, up and down, I thought, God, how can they do that? Because I love Him. He's my sweet rose of Sarah. <laughs> He's my sweet lily of the valley. <laughs> when the world rejects you and throws you to the wind and doesn't understand you, He's always there. <laughs> when your heart is breaking with hurts and misalignment and problems and turmoil, He's always there. <laughs> I can't help it. 
I love him. I love him. I love him. I'm possessed with it. I'm possessed with it. Know you not that you're not your own, but you're bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, we cleanse ourselves from all filthiness. The flesh and spirit perfecting holiness in the fear of God. If you have a problem living for God, it's because this is a passive part-time engagement for you. But if you leave this conference the same way, you'll always be up and down, dragging your feet. I make the challenge to this congregation here today, to the saints that are here, to the men of God. I'm not qualified to preach to preachers. I am the least of the least today. But please hear me from the cry of our heart. We've got to get ate up with this thing. I've got to have revival. I've got to, I've got to know God. I was praying one time and, and I was praying. I said, and in, in, in my prayer, please forgive my foolishness and my absurdity, but I was praying. I said, God, I'd, I'd love to have a double portion of Brother Verbal Bean's ministry. And the Holy Ghost impressed on my mind and said, Who is there to take his place? I wonder when these old timers who have drawn the line and priests are gone. Is there somebody that will take the torch and be possessed with the purposes they were? My kids need it. Your kids need it. Our lost generation needs it. I'd like for us to stand. The picture, if you would. I don't have nowhere else to go. Brethren, great men of God that I esteem well, would you pray that I could know Him better? Brethren, would you pray that I could know Him better? You can't know Him and not love Him. And I love Him. But I want to love Him more. Holiness is not a problem. Worship and prayer and commitment is not a problem. When you're possessed with the purpose. Is there anybody that feels like I feel now? I'd like to ask you to lift your hands. We need revival in 2000 and beyond. In the uncharted territories that lie beyond us, no one's ever been there before except our God. I must know you. He is my everything. He is my all. He is my everything, both great and small. He he is my everything. He is my all. He is my everything, both great and small. <laughs> he gave his life for me. Made everything new. He is my everything. How about... Would you lift your hands today? For He is my Lord, you are my everything. God possess me today with the Lord. Oh, great and small. Oh, lift your voices and your hands to God. Let's commit he to the Lord today. gave his life.
about you. Let's sing it, everyone. Here's my everything. Here's my all. Here's my everything. Both great and small. He gave his life. 